He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. It really starts with like getting around the table with other hosts or other property managers and saying, hey, we're not competitors. We're all in this together and we sit on the same side of the table. Um, and one of the episodes that we just released this week, um, one of my good friends, Alex Lawson, said, you don't, you know, it's not just having a seat at the table, it's like dragging a chair around with you. So when the time is to sit at the table and make sure your voice is heard, you have your chair. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This podcast is sponsored by Hostfully. You've heard them on the show before when I had David, the co-founder of Hostfully. What Hostfully does for the industry is create digital guidebooks and they're a property management platform. So you can manage your vacation rental or boutique hotel on Hostfully directly. I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a wild year, but with this year has come a lot of great things like Hostfully and the software that they have created. Hostfully is making it easier to help optimize your listing and your vacation rental so that way you and your team can grow and thrive during this time. Not only are they a great software and platform for vacation rental managers and small boutique hotel owners to use, they are a very insightful company. They use a bunch of integrations and partnerships with other companies in the space to find the most compelling data to help make sure that any user or industry expert has the tools and resources to make sure that they are literally optimizing and using everything to their advantage. Things like industry reports and white papers and data insights are key to understanding how to continue to move forward and Hostfully does this super well. Now I want you to take a look at the show notes below, see the link that says Hostfully website, click that, and if you sign up and get a guidebook or onboard to their software, use the code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off and you will not regret it, I promise. So go ahead, go to Hostfully.com and get signed up today. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers. And today, I know I say this a lot, like this a special episode, but I really feel like it's a special episode because my sister, my long lost sister, who I've never met until recently, we're not really, okay, fine. We're not really related, but same point. Um, Dana, how are you? I'm so excited to have you on the show. Well, I'm so excited to be on this show with you, Will. I am doing well, and I'm thrilled that it's Friday. So I'm really yes. glad that we decided to do this interview today. Yes, it's like the cherry on top of the milkshake for the week. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we connected briefly um, with a mutual event that we were both doing. We were on the Return on Rentals event with Noise Aware. Um, we were on the same panel. We talked about... Uh, pretty much the power of connection and what that entails, uh, which is a lot. And we're going to dive in obviously a little bit more into this episode, but I'm really excited to just highlight what you've been doing. Cause like for me, you kind of popped out of nowhere, to be honest. I just like followed Matt Landau for a while and then all of a sudden, boom, a new podcast is launched and there you are. And so I want to give the audience a little bit of backstory from where you've kind of started and who you are as a person and how you kind of got to this like amazing, exciting journey that you're on right now. 
That sounds like a plan. I'd be happy to share. Perfect. So where did it all begin? How did you get into hospitality and into your business? It's a family business, if I'm understanding correctly, right? Uh, Effortless Rentals Group? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So um, I first got into hospitality, I'd say just about three years ago, my brother started a short-term rental property management company out of Colorado over five years ago. And he asked me to join him. And so I said, okay, this sounds fun and um, kind of like new in a lot of ways to an urban market to provide these accommodations and said, what the heck? Uh, We have a great relationship. Sure. I'll go into business with you. Um, So that's how I got started with specifically short-term rentals. Um, But my family has always been into vacation rentals. I grew up on a farm in Mm. New Hampshire and my, our farmhouse has um, a couple properties on that land. And so we have a couple short-term rentals there. Um, A sister that also does short-term rentals at her property. So it's very much in our blood um, to be entrepreneurial in the essence of how, you know, hosts are truly individual entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, what were you doing professionally before you decided to take this leap and and jump into the the business with your brother? So I was working at a marketing and advertising agency. So skills that I'll use forever. Yes. Super fun. And I loved the experience working there, but I was working with businesses in every vertical. And Mm. something that I really was craving was the ability to do a deep, deep dive into one sector. And so coming on board with Effortless Rental Group, I was able to fully submerge myself in this industry, um, which I soon found myself like everyone else drinking the vacation rental (laughs) Kool-Aid. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad that you called it that. That's pretty much how it goes. It's like one little taste and then you're, you're stuck. You're, you're full dive right into everything. Um, That's, that's incredible. Okay. So that makes sense on the marketing skills because I've seen like through what you've been doing, just like the marketing is on point. So I have to give you kudos on that. Um, What has been, now that you have like focused into one vertical with what you're doing with the effortless group, um, what has been some of the biggest challenges and successes with getting into vacation rentals? Yeah. So I would say The biggest challenge is probably, so originally Effortless Rental Group was in multiple different states and different markets. And, you know, I think in order to really have a successful business with satellite locations, you have Mm -hmm. to have true boots on the ground. And um, while we did have people in those different markets, we weren't able to control our brand in the way that we wanted to. So I'd say around three years ago or so, we decided just to be Colorado focused. And so we were able to keep our our brand in in control and the outcomes a lot more, um, I'd say, focused and kind of operationally specified. Um, So I'd say, you know, that was something that we decided to do that helped us be more successful. Um, Our biggest footprint of properties is in an urban destination. So that's in Denver, Colorado. Um, And I'd say something that's been a big challenge for urban destinations is the communities grappling with short-term rentals existing within neighborhoods that Mm. were not typically a vacation rental destination where, you know, second homes are seen um, you know, as like a commonplace, like the other yeah. destinations that are, that we also have properties we manage. Um, so 
the advocacy thing, which has become like my life right now, um, became very much apparent that that was going to be our biggest challenge when you have the desire to grow and bring on a client and get them to be um, streamlined and kind of standardized in, in the guest experience side from everything to the knives, the number of, um, you know, charging blocks in the bedrooms, like all of these things that cause the owner to have to make that investment. Mm -hmm. um, if that individual property owner can't continue to rent after one year, it's harder to rationalize uh, that investment that it takes to create the experience that the guest of today wants when booking a short-term rental. So I'd say that, that that has probably been the biggest challenge for us and coupled with the advocacy efforts we've had to yeah. really get our hands into. Well, what's been, I guess now, like we can talk about the negatives, but I think the negatives play more into how we've become successful and to what we're doing, especially, like you said, realizing, you know, how spread out your guys' market was to then shortening in into a, a more specific destination. What kind of success have you guys seen with that? Um, because I know a lot of, I know a lot of vacation rental managers that listen to the show or, you know, are just in our networks, right? Um, we all kind of struggle with that, uh, that it's like growth, but not grow to, you know, be advocate for the industry, but then to continue to run the business and be just like boots on the ground. So what are some successes you guys have seen with what you're doing there in Colorado, especially in the urban de uh, destinations? Yeah, I think it's important to really be that local um, guest experience provider. So if you're in a, a multitude of different markets, you're not able to give that unique guest experience that somebody that is from a more specified area or a boutique style operation where they know the community and they can truly make recommendations that you might not be able to find just on the first page of Google. So I'd yeah. say it, it helped us have, I think, a stronger identity in who we are, who we are saying like we're Colorado proud. Like if you go to our website, effortlessrentalgroup.com, I think if I'm correct, if I'm correct that the banner says like Colorado right on the top there um, yeah. so that somebody feels confident if they are going to do a direct booking through our website, which is kind of taken off with COVID, the guest yeah. has definitely become a more savvy traveler. Um, they know right from the get-go that they're staying with somebody that is familiar with that location. And that's going to give them that confidence that they can answer questions um, and really be that local advocate for the community. So I'd say it's helped us kind of define our voice and really pinpoint who our audience is. And then even like to just to the idea of understanding who our client is. So hmm. we call our clients the homeowner. Um, so we manage other people's properties on their behalf. Um, and then the guests is the traveler, but really knowing that persona of who your homeowner is, where, what are the things that are their interests? Where do they shop? What's their language? What kind of car they drive? Kind of really mm -hmm. getting super clear on that has helped us with our marketing. Um, and the, the, the members on my team, we do all of our own marketing, are incredibly yeah. talented. And that helps with like everything from content creation to email campaigns to copy for your Facebook ads um, or your display ads. So we have a lot of fun with that internally, um, doing all of that, being really clear on who it is that we're targeting. Yeah, it just sounds like, and you keep bringing it up and like the local, the like the localness of it, the, the, like just the, I don't even know the word. It's just more, yeah, you're becoming an advocate for just that local community. It's just the, what makes it better is because you can have a wide range of knowledge on certain destinations, but until you're actually 
in the one, living in one and being in one and knowing these businesses, um, that's when it's like, ah, uh, this is where the, the golden nuggets are in the sense of, of offering that true experience. Totally. And I think when it comes to um, needing to then get involved with advocacy, if yeah. you've already, if you really are the ambassador of the local community, you have the relationships with those businesses because you're most likely offering, you know, promotions or promoting their business within your welcome book, or you may have to have a conversation that's like, Hey, there are some regulations that are coming down the line, which may inhibit our ability to offer short-term rentals to visitors. And I know a lot of your business that you see is, is from people that are traveling from outside of our destination. So it works twofold when you really are that local ambassador. For sure. And I know we kind of had this scheduled for later in the episode, but I want to get your thoughts on the current, um, you know, role that COVID-19 has played in our industry, you know, during these last seven months. Have you seen that whole thing that we just talked about with the, you know, being an ambassador for the community and talking about regulations and advocacy? Have you seen COVID play a big role and impact on how this has kind of shaped and, and shifted the last seven months? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's kind of forced the conversation that has either not yet had and it been taken place in a destination or it had maybe a few years ago, but the regulations weren't visited again. So I think in, in some locations, it's it's brought up difficult topics again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in others, it's, it's pushed the ball forwards to understand the value that a short-term rental really does bring a community. Like we just hosted our second annual Good Neighbor Summit on Wednesday, today's Friday. Yeah. Two days ago. And, um, you know, we, in order to prepare for that event and also just to be able to educate our city officials, because that's so important for them to understand who's coming to Denver and, um, not just read headlines and make their, um, assumptions about the community based off of, um, sensationalist headlines, but we did a survey. And one of the findings was that 46% of survey respondents would not have come to Denver if they could not stay in a short-term rental. And that's just massive. And so it's, um, it's, it's forcing that conversation to understand, okay, when there is a worldwide pandemic, what do people prefer to stay in as far, as far as lodging accommodations and why and understanding like I think there's a lot of people that hadn't yet experienced a short-term rental Mm -hmm. and they're like well you know what let's give it a try so it's forced the conversation in a lot of ways and made us become even more aware of how our cleanliness standards matter Mm -hmm. Um, all the other standards that we know are so important because one bad experience for a new guest in a short-term rental can make them say I'll never do that again 100%. So it's so important for us to all lift each other up and make sure that everybody else understands what it takes to be that success. Yeah. Hang on. Your your question was, I I think I stopped. So if you have a pivot into next question, you know what to do. Yeah. Um, So perfect. Okay. So it's a force of conversation, but um, I kind of want you to explain because advocacy is something we've talked about a little bit on the show too. And um, I just think, you know, you, you bring up so many good points with the local community and being an ambassador and how this affects the business, you know, and you're talking about standardization in vacation rentals, which hotels do very well, you know, hotels have been very successful in creating standards and something that guests have the expectation, right? They already know when I book a Marriott, this is what I'm going to get at a courtyard. This is what I'm going to get at this. This is what I'm going to get at that. Um, and vacation rentals were not new in the sense of travel. We've always had vacation rentals, but I think the sense of standardization, branding, becoming a more um, professionalized 
version of the lodging uh, you know, sector. I'm curious to know, can you give us a little backstory on how you started getting into rent responsibly and what this conversation of advocacy is really turning into in the big, big picture of things for the, for the industry? Totally. Um, so while a lot of people have had like a really tough time with COVID and it's forced them to, to have some difficult conversations and come to some, you know, challenging realities. Um, I would say it's provided so much opportunity for me and my life and forced me to get involved here in Denver in ways that um, really put our advocacy group on the map. And so the way that I got involved with Rent Responsibly is last year we held a, a Good Neighbor Summit. We were trying to change the narrative. We were trying to bury bad Airbnb press locally by creating our own good news and our own good representation of the hosting community. So we um, hosted a, an event we called the Good Neighbor Summit where we invited all the stakeholders to the table. It was an in-person event. Um, and one this of was the, before COVID stuff started yes, happening. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Last, no, last November. So this wow. year it was kind of funny. It was like almost exactly on the same date that we did our second of the same event. But of course, it was virtual this time. Mm -hmm. um, so when we were planning the agenda for the event, we were like, let's reach out to our community, people that are local, you know, in Denver, like Scott Shafford from AirDNA has an, yeah. uh, an office in Denver. Um, but we also reached out to people that are just in the community that live elsewhere. And this is like one of the most, my favorite things about our community is that everyone's so willing to jump in and help each other and support each other and provide resources. So in the list of people that we had reached out to, we reached out to Dave Krause who went responsibly he jumped in and said, heck yeah, I'd love to do this. Flew out to Denver. And that was my first chance to meet with him in person. Mm -hmm. And um, we hit it off immediately right out of the gate. We, you know, we were born on the, on the same day, a year apart. I won't tell you who's older, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was like instant fam. And um, I, I really look at him like a brother. So we hit it off immediately. Um, he was, a, you know, participated in the event, brought so much value to the listeners to understand um, kind of like how to take this as, as not being an, a fight with your city, but how to just take pride in being a responsible operator in your, in your yeah. city and not fighting back to say like, these are my rights. Um, but more along the lines of like, how do we, how do we make this work for the full, the whole community, which I think is a, a mental shift for a lot of people that have felt like they need to defend something, yeah. um, which brings a ton of value. So, uh, Super true. yeah. So the, it's, more, it's more of like a unified, like message than anything. It's not, a this is our right, or this is, they're the bad guys. It's no, we have a, we have a unified mission. Exactly. Um, did he bring up the Ford Model T? Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Yes. It, it wouldn't be day without it. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I got him. I, I now work with Rent Responsibly. So I'm head of advocacy at Rent Responsibly. Fast forward a year later, I've been with the team now for six weeks in a full-time capacity, but they first had reached out to me and asking how they could support with our local advocacy group here, the Mile High Hosts. And so we started working in a, a small capacity on supporting our organization. And as we got to know each other more, um, he said like, hey, have you had any thoughts about taking this advocacy thing um, in, into your life in a larger role? And so I, I've just between um, being so involved in Denver and then starting a podcast with Matt Landau making 
advocacy, you know, accessible in a very practical and actionable 10 part kind of masterclass series. Um, everything just has synchronicity has synchronicity, um, uh, just lined up really well in my life so that I can bring the perspective of the property owner. I can bring the perspective of the community member. And then I have this, um, you know, passion for advocacy where I think that other people hesitate to get involved. And I just want to make sure like we, from the rent responsibly side, we provide like super hands-on support Mm -hmm. through working with local groups, like literally helping them understand how to build a leadership team, um, understand how to do written testimonials to public, to, you know, city officials. And then the advocacy um, element of the podcast is just very like, let me walk you through this without holding your hand necessarily in that in-person mm-hmm. way that rent responsibly does. So I feel like they fill the void that's been missing within the industry where a lot of people talk about the need of advocacy, but like, what mm-hmm. are you doing in addition to just saying there's a need for it. Yes. Yeah. The, it's like the, you, you can talk the talk, but now it's time to walk the walk. And so I want to know what does it look like inside an advocacy group, like a local advocacy group? Like you're talking about, you know, forming proper leadership structure and all these things. What, when it comes down to walking the walk, like, what does that look like? How do you start pulling the trigger and actions that are going to make it successful? Cause I, I think you're 100% right. We all talk about it. And I know um, you, Matt, Dave, you guys are leading the charge, especially in the US on this advocacy thing. And I think it's great. I think I need to get more involved. I know a bunch of other people that need to get more involved. So for me, what does that look like to just like be boots on the ground and creating this actual effective, you know, community? Well, I would like to first commend you because the fact, the very fact that we're having this conversation is you getting involved. Um, So in bringing the, you know, advocacy topic to the airwaves, Um, but it really starts with like getting around the table with other hosts or other property managers and saying, Hey, we're not competitors. We're all in this together. And we sit on the same side of the table. Um, and one of the episodes that we just released this week, um, one of my good friends, Alex Lawson said, you don't, you know, it's not just having a seat at the table. It's like dragging a chair around with you. So when the time is to sit at the table and make sure your voice is heard, you have your chair. So it is about getting Damn. set up. That's right? good. That's good. I, know. <laughs> I got chills. Damn. All right. I know. I was, I was like, I guess I've been dragging that damn chair around with me. Um, so, <laughs> but it's, um, it is about not waiting until you have regulations that are changing and the ball has already been set in motion because the hill's going to be that harder, that much harder to climb. But it's about having the wherewithal to know that it's going to happen. And if regulations have already been created in your destination, you're like, oh, this is what our rules are that doesn't mean you shouldn't form an advocacy group. That means that you should still form an advocacy group because those regulations could change. And so it's, it's an advocacy group, but what I've really learned over this last year, it's so much more than just advocacy. It's building your community with an arm of that community being focused on advocacy. So yeah, it's, it's the first thing you want to do is connect with others in your community and say, Hey, what are we doing to make sure that we have an eye and an ear on this so that if something does happen, you already have the group formulated Mm -hmm. uh, so you can respond when necessary. And how's it, does that look like it's just hosts and managers or does this involve like other businesses in the area? Like, 
I my in my office is right next to the coffee roaster, which is very famously known around the world. And you know, like we have all these businesses that make a big impact in, in our community. Um, does that involve them too? Absolutely. I mean, it's the leadership team is the team that's going to drive the agenda for the larger community, but the leadership team always has to have the pulse of the larger community to make sure that they're working in an align in alignment and then they're not just pushing their own agenda. So mm -hmm. what's important is the leadership team typically is going to be around, you know, it could be anywhere from five to 10 people. You know, you want to make sure that there's different subcommittees that each individual sits on so that there's a well-balanced approach to looking at this from all different elements of the community, but then there's going to be a larger alliance. So that coffee roaster, maybe they're super passionate about short-term rentals and they also have a short-term rental or they're an avid user of one of the booking platforms. They mm -hmm. may want to be on that leadership team and that's incredible, but at minimum, they should be a member of the alliance. So the larger okay. community. So it's all stakeholders that would be part of that, that factor. And there's things, there's times where, where those, the larger alliance has to pull levers and make things happen where the leadership team, it's so important to understand this is like a volunteer thing for mm -hmm. the community. And my, my favorite thing to point out is that it's often the 25th hour of your day that you're dedicating to this. And it's, it's something that, has to be done, but you don't always know that you can carve the time out for it. And it's usually the people that are busiest that raise their hand. Yeah. You know oh, that I probably could. pretty well. Yeah. I was going to say, damn, you just described everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very true. That's very true. Well, dang, you got my brain, you know, spinning so much, but I want to kind of go into the, the fact of like, so getting that leadership team and the alliance, and then how does this get involved with like the local I guess, you know, law, not law enforcement, like what do you call it? Council, city, you know, yeah. the people that make these rules and regulations and, and pass these legislations. How does now let's just walk, you know, you're doing the podcast, pretty much your 10 series in one episode right here, but like walk <laughs> us through how, like, how it gets to that point and how you actually make the change with your group in order to, to make sure it's a, a fair, you know, regulation calling or anything like that that's going on. Absolutely. So step one, I'd say is like bringing all the voices to the table to make sure that there is like proper representation. I mean, there's nothing more powerful when you have, I mean, the, the, the diamond in the rough is going to be the neighbor that lives next to a short-term rental mm. that says, I love living next to a short-term rental, or I'm happy. And I live next to a short-term rental. They keep their yard impeccable. They um, tore out that crappy old fence and they put a new fence in. They yeah. even made me want to step my game up. Like if yeah. every community could find and identify the happy neighbor, that is massive mm. because there's nothing in it necessarily for them. So the host that is making money and able to pay their mortgage and maybe putting money into savings or whatever it is that they're using the revenue they're making off of their property, that voice is important. And it's important for those voices to reach out to their city council members and say, hey, this is something that I do for the community and my guests spend money at the local businesses surrounding me. Uh, you know, I'm an ambassador for our city. Um, you know, I have you know, traveling nurses or other people that are professionals that really need more space than just maybe what a hotel room would provide mm -hmm. them. Stay with me. Sharing those stories are super important. But again, that's saying, I want to continue to do something that's serving me. Whereas a neighbor is saying, this is something that I can see as a positive 
contribution to my block or my neighborhood or the community is Mm -hmm. super powerful. So it's explaining how every stakeholder has a role to play in this effort and then taking the time to build their relationships so that when a local business hears that they're looking to ban short-term rentals from a residential neighborhood, they go, darn, like I can see on AirDNA that there are a handful of short-term rentals around me. And I know that this is going to impact my business during what has already probably been for a lot of small businesses, the hardest year they've ever been in business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I would say it's organizing, getting those voices to the table and then understanding who your city council people are and finding out what matters to them, doing that recon, kind of getting organized and then making making it super easy for people to kind of pull off of a spreadsheet, kind of click, plug and play, make it easy. Here's some talking points, but still yeah. having that, that communication be unique. Well, you, you bring up a lot of stuff that like, I'm guilty of this very much. So like I talk about the stakeholders in the industry, right? Like there's a property manager, there's the guest, there's the owner of that property. And then there's like the local community, but then I forget the neighbor. I always forget the neighbor. And mostly because like a lot of my properties I've managed before or, or been involved with never had like a close by neighbor, right? They're like kind of secluded where you don't have to worry about that, but still there's neighbors. If you think about it, like they're either way, whether you're in urban or not. And uh, I always forget about that. And so that's a really good point. I love that, that point of finding the happy neighbor that can showcase that because that sounds like it could make or break everything. Absolutely. It's like start on hit, hit the ground running with that goal of identifying that person. And you will be leaps and bounds because it's oftentimes just a couple unhappy neighbors that have this somehow this ability to amplify uh, their voice, whether it's, um, you know, valid or not valid in a way that really ends up tarnishing the entire hosting community in that destination oftentimes. Yeah. And you probably experienced this too with your podcast and kind of just being now a front runner in this whole conversation, and especially in our industry. Like this is something that I've seen a lot. Uh, we have like, especially in the podcast, so we have a lot of access to people that are doing great things like Scott from AirDNA or Dave from Rent Responsibly or Noise Aware or Safely or Proper Insurance. Like we have our access to all these people that are doing great things in the industry, right? And then when it comes to advocacy, you're really taking all of them saying, these are great companies that support great managers, great property owners that are doing great things for the guests, that are doing great things for the community. Um, you're really creating this big resource guide in the sense of, here's all the people I know, here's all the great things they're doing. And now you're kind of just doing like a information vomit onto your city council in the sense <laughs> of like, here's everything we do. It's, it's kind of like a, a big master like pamphlet to them to be like, here's the industry in in a bundle, basically. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think it's um, easy to assume that everyone understands what STR means or VR or any of the acronyms. And what you find out is that there is, don't ever assume that people understand the industry or how professional the industry is and how Mm -hmm. many businesses and companies have been born out of the desire to improve the environment and the outcome. Mm -hmm. So all of those companies you just mentioned, they, they are not, they're probably less than 10 years older, right around there, 10 years old or less. And I think it's really impressive when we can show 
the city officials that, and even other hosts or other um, people in the community that are non-hosts, look at all of this technology that we can leverage to ensure that we are being safe with our properties or mm-hmm. vetting our guests or making sure we can uh, stop noise nuisances if they do occur. Like it's super yeah. awesome. And we, sh- we should be proud of that. 100%. I couldn't agree more. What, like this is going to be like one of the final questions though. So what has been the biggest takeaway? It could be good, bad, ugly, you name it. Um, I just want to know, because like I said, from seeing the podcast launch with Matt and with, you know, Rent Responsibly and all these things you're doing, I've really just seen you just poof, take off and just become out of nowhere. Um, but you've probably been learning a lot. You probably had a tons of conversations kind of like this, maybe even more depth. What has been the biggest takeaway from it all? Well, yeah, I kind of feel like I came out of nowhere too. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's a good thing though. It's a good thing. It shows the power that you have already. So it's great. Yeah, it's been, it's been such an incredible ride. And I love um, all of the fun that this year has been providing for me. And um, I'm excited to see where next year goes. I think we all are pretty excited about 2021 compared to crazy year. Um, But I'd say my biggest, my biggest takeaway or the thing I would want people to know when they think about getting into advocacy, that it's not, you're not running, um, or sprinting to one destination. The destination never is defined. You're running for an outcome and that outcome Mm -hmm. never, you know, achieving that outcome is something you always have to have your pulse on. So sustainability for the short-term rental uh, community is never, there's no finish line. So if you fight for regulations and you win or you get to modify a proposed ordinance that's coming down the pipeline, don't hang up your, your running shoes and say, good job, high five, high five, let's, uh, let's close this book. Keep the book open, keep the running shoes on because it doesn't stop at a finish line. The fight keeps going past a success or a failure. And mm-hmm. even if you don't get your way, like right now in Denver, we're working towards a secondary license type. And I'm already trying to mentally prepare myself for like, if this doesn't work through, how do we pivot? How do we modify our plan? How do we come at this with a different approach so we don't give up and we don't let that failure take the wind out of our sails? Yeah. And just knowing that the community building effort of advocacy doesn't stop. So yeah. um, it's, it's important to keep that in mind because when you get into advocacy, I think everyone kind of gets surprised with like, holy crap, this takes a lot. This is a lot of energy and motivating others to keep at, at the wheel with you or the helm or whatever with you is really hard. But knowing that it doesn't have a, an end point helps people that say, hey, I'll do this with you, um, have a little bit more stamina than somebody that just is, is striving towards a finish line. So- in other words, continue to drag that chair and be prepared to sit at the table. Amen. Amen. I love it. That's, I'm never going to forget that. Like there's a few things that like will stick through, like through the podcast. That's one of them. I'm never forgetting that. I'll be like 97 years old. Be like that one time with Dana on the podcast. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, I just want to get any final thoughts, maybe some uh, for for all the listeners that you have. Uh, You have, um, of course, the Effortless Rental Group, and then you have your um, podcast, and then you have Rent Responsibly. So where can they find all these things Um, and any kind of like, you know, last conclusions of the episode for you? 
Awesome. Well, I love you for asking. Um, yeah, Effortless Rental Group is just Google it, effortlessrentalgroup.com. Let's check out the website. Um, I, I love getting to work with that team and the capacity that I have. They're incredible. Um, and then the the podcast is how to save your vacation rental business. And you can find that on any app like Stitcher, um, Apple, Spotify. Um, I think we're on episode eight now and it's a 10 part series. And so we've tried to be super practical with that. Um, yeah. And, and I, I hope that the listeners are finding, you know, inspiration because I'm a podcast lover. Anything I ever dive into, I'm like, okay, let's see if there's a podcast on this. 100%. And so I'm hoping others out there are finding value in, um, in what we've been able to put together so far. So shout out to Matt and Stu for being an awesome duo to work with. And then rentresponsibly.org, uh, just go to the website. Uh, we're getting ready to launch something pretty incredible in 2021, uh, where we're able to be able to, I'd say, replicate and scale what we're doing with the, the destinations that we're working with right now mm -hmm. in a massive way um, because every destination is different and there is no one size fits all solution. And so yeah. we have an incredible team over there that's working on making sure that this is scalable for their, for the others that listen to the podcast and then want to say, okay, now what? And so it all yeah. works together pretty nicely. Awesome. Well, I will link everything in the show notes. So effort, effortless rental group will be in the show notes how to save your vacation rental business will be in the show notes and rentresponsibly.org will be in the show notes. Obviously I've had Dave on the show. So I'll even tag that episode for everybody listening. Um, quick question. After the 10 episodes are done, will you continue to podcast is the real question. <laughs> well, I've got this fancy microphone now. So I think I've got to do something with it. Heck yes. Yeah. So I'd love to. All right. Well, with the guys. Awesome. Well, I was going to say, uh, if, if nothing happens with it after the 10 episodes, I'm going to just going to throw this out there. You're, you're going to, I'm going to throw a proposal of having you become my co-host. I think it's just going to be, you know what, we're brother and sister. We might as well just do a podcast together. So oh, I love let's kill that it. idea. That would be fun. I'm getting too much fun. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so podcasters or slick talkers, you've heard it already live on this episode, new co-host coming at you. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> sweet well dana thank you so much for being on the show is honestly you're like a breath of fresh air when it comes to just the knowledge that you bring into what the conversation really is and advocacy um every time i talk to you i feel like i'm learning something new especially with that dragging the chair line i'm yeah i'm blown away so i'm just impressed on what you're doing and i'm very thankful that you were on the show today Oh, thank you so much. This has been a blast and I appreciate everything that you also are doing for the industry. So right back at ya. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.